This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 103. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Eric Karkabak. Eric has been a web designer since 1996, back when static HTML and Netscape ruled the web. In 1999, he became a home-based freelancer and has been there ever since. He's also a writer for publications such as Specky Boy, First Web Designer, and ACF. Welcome, Eric. Hi there. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome, Eric. Thanks for joining us out here in the virtual hallway. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, please? Well, um, I'm basically a self-taught web designer. Um, I started off in high school way back in the 90s. Um, right out of high school, I got a job at my local newspaper, the Carlisle Sentinel, and I was their first full-time web designer. Um, back in those days, it was kind of interesting. Everything was static. Nothing was, uh, there was no such thing as WordPress. There were no content management systems at all that I knew of. And um, I learned a lot there. Um, Worked a couple of uh, kind of corporate places after that and really didn't uh, find that I was moving forward like I wanted to. So um, in 1999, I started off on my own and uh, it's been quite a 20 year journey here and I'm just uh, I'm thrilled to uh, still be around, uh, still uh, learn something every day and um, I'm crazy about WordPress. That's neat. Tell us a little bit about this. So you've been doing 20 years, you've been doing freelancing. When you started, that was before the craze of WordPress and all of that. Uh, how did you learn? Did you, how did you learn how to work for yourself and, and get clients and develop your skills to keep serving them as time has gone on? Well, it was, it wasn't so easy. Um, I, I thought it was going to be easy when I started. I, I thought, okay, I'll just sit at home. I have a better computer at home than I ever had at any of the offices I worked at. So um, I figured, you know, I, I would find clients and just, you know, make lots of money and, and you know, drive a Porsche or something. But um, it, it definitely wasn't that easy. Um, I, I was very fortunate right away um, to get a, a steady agency client who fed me regular amounts of work. Um, he also let me experiment a lot with what I was doing um, just to be able to learn new things. Um, as time went on, clients started asking for more and more uh, complicated websites. You know, it wasn't just the five page static brochure site anymore. Um, and really that's how I, I came to find WordPress. It was, it was through um, basically a need to do more with the web. I had to have a way for folks to, um, you know, use a shopping cart or, um, you know, even something as simple as like a forum or, a, you know, a photo gallery. It was, um, everything was done manually before. I was, you know, hand typing HTML, um, working in Photoshop and, you know, slicing up images a million different ways and, you know, every kind of hack I could find <laughs> to make things work. And, so really, it was just an evolution over time, and as clients needed more, that's um, kind of what forced me to uh, to up my game a little bit. There's a lot to unpack there, and I, I want to go back to the fact that you started freelancing in 1999. You know, that was before you could 
call a client because you probably didn't do a ton of email in 99. I mean, it was around, but it wasn't as pervasive and on it. Nobody had smartphones, right? Or they were just, just maybe kind of starting. They weren't pervasive anyway. Um, and you couldn't say, hey, let's meet at the coffee shop for a meeting, right? That was still kind of culturally weird or kind of a little hippy dippy. How did, how did, aside from this one corporate client, how did the ebb and flow of managing it and trying to look professional before working from home, meeting in coffee shops, working remotely was such an accepted practice. What was that like? It was difficult. Um, to tell the truth, it, it was hard because first of all, I was very young. I was like 21. Um, so a lot of people just didn't want to take me seriously. You know, it, it was kind of one of those situations, even if I knew what I was talking about and I admit I didn't always know, um, it was still like really difficult to get people to understand what I was saying. So it, it was, um, you know, trying to go in wearing ties and which I was not at all comfortable with, still not, um, trying to, to go into these, you know, different settings. It might be a small business. It might be like a, a corporate setting and trying to sell them on what I knew and what I thought I could do for them. Um, it, it was, it was definitely a challenge. Um, and as you said, email was not really, um, an accepted form of communication for a lot of these people. Uh, they, they insisted on phone calls. I, I can even remember, um, when I worked at the newspaper, um, the publisher of the paper, um, literally was like 20 feet away from me in his office. Every five minutes he would call me and ask me to walk into his office just to, to mention something to me. <laughs> and so it was just, it was a, it was a completely different time. Uh, people just didn't know what to make of the internet yet. It definitely hadn't become as uh, a mainstream necessity like it is now. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, I could sit and talk about this for hours, but I suppose we probably should move on a little bit. Um, so tell us a little bit about, about writing and, and, and what that, how that came into your freelance work and your balance between, uh, you talk about being a web designer and a writer. Talk a little bit about that. Well, um, I, I'd always wanted to, to write ever since I was little. Uh, it was just something that, I don't know, it was kind of like a natural thing I had. Um, I wasn't an athlete. I wasn't, you know, an, an artist, so to speak, or anything, but I, I could write. Um, as I got more into WordPress and I got into the community, um, I started finding out that, you know, it was just so much about sharing knowledge. People really, um, really loved to, to share what they knew. And so I wanted to try to do that in a, in a way too. And, and so I started submitting articles to Specky Boy, um, which is speckyboy.com that's been around forever. Um, they take unsolicited articles. And so I thought, oh, I'll just write something and see if it, if they like it. And uh, the uh, fellow that runs the site, Paul Andrew, he published it right away, said he liked it, um, said, you know, anytime you want to write something, just let me know. And I kept doing it. He kept publishing it. And it became eventually um, a gig. Um, and it's kind of spread on to some other places as well. But um, I love that I can do both because um, I can write about my experiences. I can write about the things that I've done wrong that I can kind of share with other people. And I've done a lot of things wrong, so <laughs> hopefully I've prevented some disasters for others. And I can also, um, it also kind of forces me to learn more about new technologies, things I might not uh, be playing around with otherwise. 
So let me ask you about that because I'm, I'm a big fan of signing up to give talks on things I don't know about but feel a professional need or desire to learn about. So, you know, I'll volunteer to give a talk in six weeks on this or that. Do you, what's your process? Do you say, hey, I'll write an article about this and give your time and because I just looked at it and I already understand it now or I'm, you know, three weeks into learning it or do you just volunteer and then use that volunteerism as a form of deadline? I really just go off my experience. Um, you know, a lot of what I write about is just informed through, um, through my client work. Uh, for example, this year I took on a, uh, a large multi-site network. It's about 80 sites. I've never done anything quite like it. It's um, version controlled, which I had no idea how to do. Um, I never used Git really before. Um, so I've kind of started writing about the experiences I've had with that. Um, just it, it was a site built by somebody else, so I was kind of writing about the landmines I was stepping on as I was going through it. So that's really my process. It's about um, kind of figuring out where I am in, in, in my everyday work and then you know just kind of relating that experience to others because I know I'm not the first person to step into a site that, you know, they have no idea how it was built or <laughs> how they're going to maintain it, but you kind of have to learn as you go. And so that, that's really um, what I like to do. At the, at the risk of asking you to out yourself, Eric, I wonder this, this ED site, multi-site, and then you're writing about it. Do you have any concern about your client reading that news story or blog post? How do I, What's the balance there? Well, I don't identify people. That's for that's the first thing, and I, I try to speak in general terms. I, I don't say you know, oh man, the people that built this site are terrible. They just ruined it. No, I no, I, I guess I don't mean that. I'm going to cut you off just a second. More along the lines of, and I'm kind of being silly about it, tongue in cheek. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's a big project. Here's what I've learned so far. And, and I don't mean to paint you in any kind of bad light. We've all been there. We all do that. That's how we grow professionally. But how, how, how do you walk that line as a writer trying to share, trying to be genuine, trying to grow with also, you know, you've got a web design business that you've got to manage too. How do you walk that line? Well, I try to be honest with clients too. That's, that's the first thing. Um, I don't go ahead and say, you know, claim to be an expert at something I'm not. That's just, I, I found over the years that, you know, people will ask for things and, you know, if I'm not a good fit for it, I, I just tell them flat out because I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to take their money for something I maybe not good at. Um, so uh, even going into this project, it was kind of, you know, discussed that, hey, um, you know, this is something I'm going to have to learn. Um, so I, I just use it to inform you know, to, to help inform my writing too. It, it's not something where I'm necessarily admitting I have zero clue what I'm doing because I, I have some idea <laughs> or else I wouldn't have taken it on. But um, I, I just try and be, you know, just straightforward with folks about it. I, I understand that the question, it, it, is, it is a fine line. You don't want to um, talk, you know, talk in terms of, oh my gosh, I just, you know, hit the nuke button on this, <laughs> on this site and then, you know, have a client read it. I, you know, I, that's not something I would um, want to share with the world, but um, you know, I'll, I'll share more generalized mistakes that I've made. I think there's a, there's a challenge in doing what Liam's asking, which is sharing within your community, 
what you're learning and how what your process is and your struggles as a freelancer and also communicating to your clients and, and trying to get new clients and show yourself as being an expert. I want to ask about imposter syndrome as it relates to that because uh, you talk about Git and for in the WordPress space and the developer space, Git is something that all good developers use, that it's, you know, it's really popular. You put your GitHub link on things and people share all of their code and things that they've done. You have to know Git pretty much, but I think to get by for 20 years, and for me, I've gotten by a long time with without doing very much at all on Git. How have you um, worked on embracing that and and how have you felt up until now not using it? I mean, is it a relief to be using it and to consider your, do you consider yourself to be more professional or a better developer because you're doing Git or does that not make a difference? I think it's kind of a long question, but you can answer it however you want to. <laughs> well, I, I think it does make me better. Um, I feel better having the experience. Um, a lot of the struggles I've had over the years have been because I've been afraid, like to, you know, like afraid of what I don't know. Like for the longest time, e-commerce scared me to death. Um, you know, I don't want to be responsible if someone's cart doesn't work right. I don't want to, you know, if, if that transaction doesn't process, I don't want to be the one that, you know, uh, has to deal with it. But it, eventually I just, if WordPress has kind of helped me with this. I've just started like forcing myself to do it. Um, and that's kind of, I, I, I've taken on clients that I know are going to be a challenge because I want to learn it. I want to be better at it. Um, and that to me is, is, you know, like why else am I in business? If I'm just going to continue to do the same thing for 20 years, it's not really worth it to me. Um, if I'm not growing, if I'm not, you know, if the, if the next site isn't better than the last one, then, you know, that it's kind of not worth it to me. So I, I'm always trying to, to force myself into learning. Um, so like for a tool like Git, um, yeah, I mean, I, I go to these word camps and I see these folks that are just unbelievably smart and, you know, can articulate exactly how they're doing this and that. And it's still over my head. Um, but I, you know, it's just what I'm aspiring to try and get to a level somewhere in that same area code, if not right with them. How do you define success, Eric? What does success mean to you? Um, for me, it's just being able to get up every day and do something I like. Um, hopefully I can, you know, make a living at it. Hopefully I can, you know, have a roof over my head and food and all the good stuff and toys for my cat and all that, but, um, and my kid. Um, but just being able to get up and every day and do something that is enjoyable um, and hopefully help other people, you know, learn just as other people have helped me. For me, it's, it's creativity. Um, you know, as, as long as I'm kind of, I, I love being in that zone where I'm creating something, whether it's through a design work, um, you know, it can be through code, just, you know, figuring out how something works. Um, and writing, I, I really get, um, I really get interested in that. I mean, it's just like something where I can just kind of get into a, a zone where I'm creating something and, and hope, you know, I get excited about it. There's just something about that that really gets my juices flowing, I guess. Um, just as an example, recently I, I did an essay for Hero Press. And um, as soon as they accepted, you know, 
to move forward and said, hey, you can do, you can do the essay. I wrote it in a day. It was like 1,600 words, and I wrote it in like a day because I was so excited. So that, that I guess if that may be the best example of how um, you know, something's enjoyable to me. I, I get passionate about it. Yeah, I get that. What do you write if you're not writing for Hero Press or about your career or your, what you're learning? Do you write creatively on the side? Uh, anything else? Um, I don't really uh, do a lot of formal writing outside of that. Um, my, my little goofy thing that I've done for years is like, I like to come up with little raps. <laughs> it's about stupid things. Uh, I, like I can remember a few years ago, my wife had a, had a, a box of borax sitting out in the kitchen and I write, I wrote this thing down. I this goofy rhyme about, you know, borax being the favorite cleaning tool of the Lorax. <laughs> just, <laughs> just goofy stuff like that. That just kind of, it's funny only to me. Um, but I do remember my daughter bringing it into her second grade class because they were studying poetry and her teacher apparently read it out loud. <laughs> I kind of got a kick out of that. But. That's fun. Do you ever, there's a, there's a WordPress podcast called Get Options with Kyle Maurer and, and uh, Adam Silver, and they do a lot of rapping, and it's usually WordPress related. So you might check that out. If you haven't oh, nice. <laughs> And Jason Coleman of Paid Memberships Pro uh, did an entire WordPress rap on YouTube at some point. Jesus, this is probably going back five years ago, six years ago. So maybe I'll I'll grab that out and I'll tweet that at some point in the next week. Oh, or so. definitely. So. I'd like to see it. <laughs> yes, there's a fair amount of WordPress rapping going on around the world, oh. I think. <laughs> I, guess that, I guess that market's already covered. I won't start. <laughs> you can always add to it. Always. <laughs> It's fertile ground, or they always need new blood in there. That's right. Maybe I'll call myself WP Kanye. <laughs> Eric, I'm not sure where to go with that. I'll leave it to <laughs> What's been your biggest challenge aside from starting your own business 20 years ago? Ah, uh, well, like a life challenge, maybe. Um, I, I think, well, six years ago, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. That was a pretty big challenge. Um, I, you know, um, in my former life, I was, um, someone who crusaded to bring back surge soda. Um, that was like my biggest thing. I had a, a website that got, went viral years ago and I was so like intensely into it. Um, and it was funny, like the, the year it came back, Coke brought it back and I got diabetes the same year. So it's like, I couldn't even drink it. <laughs> so it was just a lot of lifestyle changes, a lot of, um, you know, learning to eat better, exercise, and kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, get over the, uh, the um, you know, feeling sorry for yourself stage. So I'd, I'd say that was definitely a, probably the biggest challenge I've faced since outside of career. So type 1's, as you noted, uh, a pretty significant life-changing diagnosis. I have some family members who, as teenagers, were diagnosed, and since you mentioned about getting over the feeling sorry for myself, to use your words, how did you get through that? What was, what was that like for you? What worked? What didn't work? How are you doing it still if you, if you are doing it still? I am. Um, you know, there, I mean, there are days you're going to get frustrated. That's just all there is to it. Um, you know, part of it, I thought, for me, was just getting a, seeing a good doctor who, you know, answered questions, who was patient. Um, kind of, um, 
but for me, it, it became like a whole quest of self-discipline, I guess. Um, I've always been disciplined about work, but like outside of work, not so much. I would eat all the junk food. I would, you know, lay on the couch for hours watching TV. And it just finally hit me. It's like, okay, if I want to, you know, be there for my, my daughter, if I want to, you know, grow old, then I better start exercising. I better stop uh, the junk food. And, you know, it's just something that it's something just kind of clicked in my head. Um, but there was probably that first year or two, it was very difficult um, because I kept trying to live the way I had been living. You know, it's like, I, okay, go ahead, eat the brownies after the pizza and the surge, whatever. And you, you know, and then you, you check your blood sugar and you're like, uh, no, this isn't going to work anymore. <laughs> so now, I mean, even at like birthday parties, I, I usually abstain from cake. Um, if I do have cake, I go home and I run on the treadmill for like a half hour and burn it off right away or else I'm going to feel guilty. So it's just, you know, I found like a discipline in me that I probably never had. And if any of my high school teachers saw that right now, they'd probably laugh because it's about the complete opposite of what I was back then. But I guess that's what they call growing up. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear that about your motivations and how you made this dramatic change for something. I think for a lot of us, we look at change like this as something that we do to achieve a goal. Like I'm going to lose 10 pounds and I'm going to change the way. And then you, and then you lose the 10 pounds and you kind of fall back into your old habits. But with, with a lifelong health issue like diabetes, it's, there's no end to it, right? It's, it's, it's something that you have to stick with forever. Do you find it daunting to have that view? Do you look at it as a day by day thing? Are there some days, like you said, some days you might have the cake and you figure out how to deal with that. Is it, it's not like I'll never have a piece of cake again. So how do you deal with this sort of long-term? Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's like, if it goes well for like a while, like if I'm, my blood sugars are in good shape, um, you know, I'll start to think, you know, you get, you get that in the back of your head that, okay, I, I can, I can do this other thing now. I can go have some pizza. I can go do this other thing. And then you realize you, after you eat it, it's like, okay, um, no diabetes doesn't take a day off. You might take a day off, but the diabetes is still there. So, um, I like just, how you said that. Yeah. For, for me, it's just every day, just trying to win that day. Um, that's really, you know, it's kind of goofy that I, you know, it's like, I become very regimented about it. Like I eat the same things all the time because I know what it's going to do to my blood sugar, maybe a little obsessive in some ways and, you know, not as fun for some people, but I like having the, um, the stability and just the knowledge of like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I know what the result's going to be. And so that's going to help me get through today. And then tomorrow I can, you know do the same thing again and just feel better about myself because of it. You mentioned that you're disciplined when it comes to work. And I suppose working for yourself, that's a necessity. You have to be sort of organized and disciplined to get the work done. How do you accomplish that? What kind of a system or planning or approach do you have to your work life and your discipline there? Um, That's something I really had to learn. Um, When I first started my business, I, I had this idea of like, okay, I work at home. If I want to go play golf for like six hours, I'll just go do that. And you find out it doesn't work that way. I mean, you know, I work when my clients work. 
Um, so I'm here all day. Um, I don't usually leave unless it's to, you know, take my daughter to school or pick her up from school. Um, I, I've basically learned that I have to, to um, keep a list, like I keep a Trello board uh, these days of just all the things I have to do that day and some of the longer term things I'm working on. Um, so I'll try to dedicate a little bit of time each day to each of those tasks. And, you know, if I have a little bit of time left over, um, maybe I'll use it to write something um, that just kind of struck me or, you know, try to get some extra work done. But really, I, I find like if I'm not organized, then I'm not going to be able to, to do, um, to, to take care of everybody like I, I need to. So organization is just a, a big deal for me. Um, as opposed to when I started, it was just like, okay, what's coming in the email next? <laughs> and then, then that's what I did. But um, you learn pretty quickly that that you can't do that forever. Yeah. Task management by email is not productive in the long run. Eric, I want to ask you about advice. And I'd like to ask you about the best advice that you've ever received and successfully implemented in your life. So what has somebody shared with you? What's something that somebody has shared with you that's worked out really well for you once you followed it? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think years ago I was at a wedding with my uh, wife and um, her great uncle was there and he'd worked for IBM for many years. He was retired and, and um, living a good life in Florida. And he said, you know, in, in this industry, you either keep learning or you just stand still and, you know, you become pretty much like dust. <laughs> you know, you, you have to keep learning. Um, if you don't, you know, up your skills. If you don't continue to, to study the latest technologies, then you're going to get left behind. So I think that was something that, that really stuck with me over the years. Yeah, that's good advice. And we hear that pretty often, uh, perhaps not surprisingly in a, in a tech field. How have you applied that advice to aspects of your life outside of web design, web development, technology, day job? Yeah, I've, I've actually, as I've gotten a little older, I, I've started having like, I, I like to call them old man hobbies. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love taking pictures, um, you know, not necessarily even to share with anyone. I just like going out and, you know, even if it's just in my backyard, taking pictures of, of the wildlife. Um, I've really become into like bird watching. Um, you know, I've, I've got my feeders all set up in the backyard and I, I like on a, on a nice summer day, I love to go out at lunch and just see what different birds show up and, you know, uh, kind of study their personalities and how they uh, behave with one another. And, you know, uh, you know, you notice some are a little more uh, angry than others <laughs> when it comes to sharing the food. Um, but I, I just, I found different things that um, excite me, uh, even, even reading. Like I, I've always been someone who reads like newspapers and magazines. Um, in the last year, I've read like six books, and I can't even believe that. I, I, my whole youth, I've probably never read six books, including the ones I was supposed to read for school. <laughs> so it, it, it just get it's it just kind of funny, like how things change a little bit as I, uh, as I've aged. Not that I'm old. Not at all. Very young. <laughs> no. Very young. Very. Young. <laughs> Barely can drive. We should reveal that before we started recording, we were talking about our ailments, our old age ailments and <laughs> uh, medical cures. <laughs> and Eric said he didn't have any because he's not old. That's very true. That's very I didn't true. say I didn't have ailments, but <laughs> I'm not old. 
probably the youngest guest we've had on the show, I think. <laughs> yeah, my mom just let me come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you've been working for yourself for 20 years, so. Hmm. <laughs> second grade, six cents, second grade. <laughs> well, it, it could happen. <laughs> I'm, you're living proof. You're living yes. proof. Eric, let me ask you a little bit about your engagement involvement with the WordPress community. Uh, you've talked about, you write a lot about how you use WordPress. How do you engage with it in other ways? Um, well, I love going to WordCamps. Um, generally, I, I try to stay the ones around my area, Baltimore and Lancaster, uh, occasionally Philadelphia. Um, I really kind of get into just, you know, talking with other people about it. Um, I know like during the whole Gutenberg thing last year, that, that was um, such a, uh, like a controversial thing. So I've trying to, to um, put a lot of that in my writing. Um, I was trying to be fair. I was trying to be, um, you know, not taking too many sides, but also pointing out things that I thought were wrong when I thought they were wrong. Um, and hopefully, you know, I didn't anger too many people along the way of that. Um, but, I, I just, I like talking to other people in, in the community, um, either, you know, either, not as much during a WordCamp because I'm kind of shy, to be honest. Um, if you like, you see me at the WordCamps, I'm probably just going to be like huddled in the corner watching the presentations and you're always welcome to come say hi, but I'm probably not one to come up and approach too many people unless I know you really well. Um, but I, I, I love to like, you know, I, I love doing interviews with folks who are, uh, are in the community and, and see what they what they've done and, you know, how WordPress helps them, uh, you know, further their careers and even their lives. Yeah, that's a, that's a great experience for WordCamps uh, to, to do that. Is there much in the way of a local WordPress community out where you live? Yeah, we do have a meetup in town. Unfortunately, it meets on a night that I can't get there. Um, but from what I know, we do get about 20 people of uh, a meetup, which is pretty good um, for our town of like 20,000 people. Um, and we've, we've got a nice uh, development community in central PA. There's, there's definitely, um, I th I've always thought there's kind of a, um, a possibility of a WordCamp here because I think there are a lot of folks that use WordPress and it's kind of um, uh, at like a confluence of highways and, you know, kind of a, a, you know, it's two hours from Philly, it's two hours from Pittsburgh, it's hour and a half from Baltimore. So it's always kind of like right there in the middle. So maybe, um, you know, as I get older and have more time, it could be something I do. I don't know. Yeah. Well, your uh, Pennsylvania has a good number of, of word camps. So you're, you're, as you mentioned, you're within driving distance of a couple of good ones. So, uh, it's nice that you're able to connect with people like us. <laughs> and on that note, Eric, it's time for us to wrap up. We are out of time um, and it's gone by really fast. We've enjoyed hearing your story and chatting with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Where can people find you online? Oh, thanks. Um, well, you can go to my website. It's uh, karks.com, K-A-R-K-S.com. And I'm also on Twitter at karks88. And um, I'm happy to connect. Thanks again Eric, for joining thanks. us. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Great chatting with you. Thank you. You too, Liam. Bye, Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. 
We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.